Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Praise God. If you would, stand to your feet with me this morning and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 7, verse number 36. Got a new series we're starting this morning. It's called Outcast. We'll start a new series called Outcast. I'm going to spend a few weeks talking about the untouchables. And, uh, and we ain't talking about the mob or the mafia, but uh, it is the untouchables in the Word of God, people that uh, nobody wanted to touch or be associated with. How many knows we've all been there somewhere sometime? You know, I mean, there was a time in my life when people looked at me and thought, man, I don't know if I ought to touch him. And it's not because I was anointed, I guarantee you. You know, uh, growing up, uh, in, a, in, in, in a preacher's home, I absolutely knew better. And that's why all hell come to get me every time I would do something wrong. And because mama was praying, amen? Them praying mamas, them praying grandmas, uh, you can't get away with it. I mean, uh, it's it just absolutely God, God, God makes sure. Because when you know better, look at your neighbor and just look at him and say, when you know better. God's going to get you. Amen. Luke chapter 7, verse number 36. The Bible says one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping with her tears, fell on, fell on her feet, and she weeped them, and she, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing the feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, Is this man... If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. He's just thinking it. And Jesus heard it. How many knows Jesus knows your thoughts? So don't be thinking bad thoughts about me up here. Jesus gets you. Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. He thinking, I ain't said nothing. What's he going to say? Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been there? I ain't doing nothing wrong. But inside our heart, it just, I mean, I mean and we think, and never mind, I, I'll read this. Hang on. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of, uh, to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both. Canceling their debts, who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, well, I suppose the one whom he canceled the larger debt. 
That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she, was, she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You, you didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you her sins. I tell you her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. She has shown me much love, but a person who has forgiven little shows only little love. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let me read that again. But a person who has, who has forgiven little, not been forgiven, but forgiven. Look at your neighbor and say, before we ever get started, just forgive me. Listen. <laughs> Uh-oh, she said it, Mike. We got it on camera. <laughs> Dear God, she can. I got to stay out of this. I don't, I, don't, I don't get into stuff like that. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. You can close your Bibles. Father, today let me preach this word like you gave it to me, Heavenly Father, Lord. And I, I pray, Lord, that I uncover new things. I, I pray that I, 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 I roll over new stones. Heavenly Father, Lord, turn over new leaves in this place today. That when they walk out of here, Heavenly Father, Lord, they have heard a message that is straight, absolutely straight from you. Lord, that you would fill their hearts and their lives. If there's anybody that walked in this place today, Heavenly Father, Lord, that is showing little love, that is forgiven a little bit or some. Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would prick their hearts today. I pray that anybody walked in this place underneath the sound of my voice, Heavenly Father, that's watching me online, Lord, that you would move in their hearts today. Heavenly Father, Lord, you would bring them to an old-fashioned altar. Lord, that you would lift that thing of sin off of their lives. Heavenly Father, Lord, that they'd give their hearts and their lives to you. I pray that deliverance come in this house today. Heavenly Father, Lord, and you begin to move with passion and in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. As we begin to unfold in this new series of outcasts, there's, there's, there's several people in the Bible uh, who is viewed as outcasts, and, and outcast just simply means somebody who is, who is cast out or, or, or put out of the church or even society. Uh, there was probably several years ago... Uh, uh, we was uh, here having church, and I had at least three or four different people come up to, and, and tell me, said, Pastor, I need you to know something. I said, why? They said, uh, there's a known sex offender who is in this church today. I said, okay. And they said, well, I just want you to know, uh, do you think that we ought to have them in? <laughs> I said, yeah. They said, do you think we ought to tell everybody? I said, No. I said, okay, I just want to make sure. I want to protect you. And see, some people say it like that because they want, you, want us to feel like that we're completely protected. 
Now, I don't agree with the whole sex offender thing, but the thing about it is, is the ones that's been cast out and the only ones that can help them in that situation is the church. But it seems like that the church is the first one to stand up with society and hold their head up like they are somebody and tell them, well, uh, you know, the Bible says this. Uh, well, the Bible said don't lie. The Bible said don't gossip. Come on, somebody. The Bible says a lot of things. And the thing about this is there's a lot of people who's been in a place where they're cast out and completely untouchable. Nobody can get through their lives. They've had some hard uh, things deal with them. They ha they've had some hard things. They've had some things that's been on their place or on their record or in their life that, 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 that absolutely cannot be wiped off. I ain't here to wipe anybody's record off. I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ shed his blood for you and your sins are not counted against you when you come to him and give your life to him. And that ought to be the redeeming message of the church today that we would stand back up in a society that is fall, falling short of the glory of God. We got the far right and we got the far left, but my God is standing in the middle. And I want you to know that before you get to the right, you got to pass to him. Before you get to the left, you got to pass to him. It's not a Republican thing. It's not a Democrat thing. It's a kingdom thing. And my God reigns. And when he reigns, he touches the untouchable. Yeah. Hallelujah. I need to build a bigger stage. He touches the untouchable. Now, in this story here, there's a big, it's almost like a soap opera. And I know some of you women know what I'm talking about. Some of you men do too. I mean, you got the characters in this, and I'm not going to really go into that, but the characters in this story are all brothers and sisters. Simon is a leper, okay? Simon is Lazarus, the one that was raised from the dead. He's the Pharisee that invited Jesus to come into his house. And he wanted Jesus to come into his house because he was a Pharisee that was sitting on the Sanhedrin that had been cast out, and now he died, and now he resurrected, and now he's sitting there. But at the same time, Simon, the only thing about Simon is, yes, he died and he resurrected. But listen, the Bible never says that he was healed of leprosy. Let me make this real plain. You can... Boozy it all up, all you want to. You can do anything you want to and call anything you want to, but the Bible just says real plain that those who have forgiven little is those who will love little. And when you got people in your life and surrounding you and around you uh, that can't love you, and uh, listen, not everybody can handle your stuff. So you don't need to bleed all over everybody or over everything in your life. Find you somebody you can trust. Let me just tell you something. Call me. I've been there. I have crawled my, myself out of it. God has lifted me up out of the miry clay and put my feet on a solid foundation. Psalms chapter 40. And he put a brand new song in my heart. I understand what it means to be in places like that. But we have to understand that those around us who's not loving, they go to church every Sunday. Everybody say, I love the preacher. They say, I love, I love the preacher when he tells them to. And they just don't know how to love because 
they haven't forgave. And so in this story, you got Simon. He is the leper. He's raised from the dead. He's a Pharisee. He's invited Jesus to come to his house. And so now all his buddies show up. Things change when buddies show up. They just, they just, hmm. Well, I go to church, and then you invite somebody, and last Sunday you say, ah. and this Sunday you're going, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. You're doing a Pentecostal shout last Sunday, and this Sunday you're doing the Baptist nod. <laughs> See, it, it, it makes a lot of difference a lot of times when, when people comes around. and so, so Simon is a leper. He's been raised from the dead. He's got a sister, Martha. And he's got a sister, Mary. He's also got a brother named Judas. This whole family was surrounding Jesus. Judas is a betrayal. He's fixing to betray. This whole family is jacked up. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't feel so bad about my family now. (laughs) This whole family is jacked up and crazy, y'all. I mean, WWE Raw ain't got nothing on this family. I mean, it's crazy. So you got Judas, you got Simon, now you got Mary, and now you got Martha. When you go back and you read Jesus, the only person that Jesus never rebuked was Mary, the one that washed his feet. He rebuked Martha because Martha was mad because she's washing all the dishes. I've had to vacuum. I've had to take out trash. I'm, I'm throwing a big old party, and they're sitting over Mary over there, and she said, not doing nothing. <laughs> Y'all like that? I don't like it when I go back and look at it. I'll think, man, that was stupid. You got Jesus rebuked Judas. He rebuked Simon because he read his thoughts. He rebuked Mary because she was mad. I mean, he rebuked Martha because she was mad at Mary. Now, let's go back and look at Mary because Mary, who was from the town of Magdala, who they call Mary Magdalene, not far days from that, had seven devils cast out of her. Honey, let me tell you something. I just need to talk for just a minute. You take somebody who's been free from dope, who's been free from alcohol, who their marriage has been healed, who's been brought up, who's come out of the penitentiary, who spent days, days being depressed and almost committed suicide, and you free them, honey, you ain't got enough room in here. And when they start shouting and praising God, but help us all that you get us in church for 20 years, and we're dignified and we know all them stories and just preach on preacher sometimes it takes an outcast to kick the door open and remind us that we've been sitting on our blessed assurance for too long and God is sick and tired of just sitting and looking around and wondering if anybody else is going to do it. Nobody anointed his feet. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He come to his house and said it to Pharisees. They didn't wash his feet and then the one person that was raised from the dead thought in his mind that's my sister and if He's really a prophet. What do you mean really a prophet? Jack, he just raised you from the dead. If it wasn't been for him, you'd still be in the tombs, wrapped up in your stupid stuff. We forget what God... 
we forget what God did for us. We forget that God pulled up, pulled us out of the dope house and put us in God's house. We forget that God forgave us of our sins, but we are forgiving other people, and so we don't have much love. Preacher, why are you screaming? Because I'm excited. We get, we get caught up. She's watching Jesus. She, she comes in the back way because, Lord help us, we can't, can't have no prostitute coming up in here in the front door. I mean, it's our sister, but, you know, we all got those kin folks. <laughs> Just saying. But it's still family's house, so she comes into the back door. And while they're out there and all the place has been decorated around and people are standing around, uh, she's standing in the back uh, and she's watching. Uh, and all the Pharisees, uh, oh, they're having a good little time uh, and they're washing everybody's feet because that is what they do when you come into a Pharisee's house. Uh, they was very clean people. Matter of fact, uh, they begin to rebuke Jesus because his disciples didn't wash their hands before they eat. Uh, and Jesus said, well, you don't know what Jesus said anyway. And, 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 and so there's very clean people. And so when you come into their house, the very first thing you did was you put your feet in a tub of water and they washed your feet. Because when you walked around with those sandals on, all, all of the camel poo-poo on the streets got all over your feet and dust. And they didn't want that in the house. And so they washed your feet and they washed your hands and they washed your face. And they was real clean and proper. And they were said, around doing all these things and the Messiah the teacher who walks in and the only reason anybody ever even showed up they didn't even show up because he was going to be there they showed up because they want to see the man that was dead and was raised from the dead can I tell you something that a lot of people won't come to church because Jesus is there they'll come because a guest speaker showed up or because sister Anna can sing the phone book but they don't want Roger to preach are you mad a, a little bit? I'm just kidding. See, they can't find their focus on Jesus. Their focus has to be everybody everywhere else. Well, I want to go life changes because Margaret makes good coffee. I want to go life changes because, because they, they, they got great music. And they came because they wanted to see the one that had been raised from the dead. But that didn't stop Jesus. He didn't like some of y'all. He didn't get his feelings hurt. Uh-oh, I'll preach to this side. He showed up anyhow. Because he was confident in who he was. Because when we get to a place we're not confident in who we are, we start, well, you know what, I'd go over there, but last time I went over there, they just ignored me. I mean, I showed up a little bit late and a place that I usually had set uh, two months ago, help me Jesus, I, I can you know, they, they just. But Jesus showed up anyhow. And he comes into the house and he sits down. And Mary, who is the outcast, considered the untouchable because even Simon said in his mind, not out loud, if he knew who was touching him. 
if he just knew what kind of person she was. See, some of us got stuff hidden so far back in our closet that we just, dear God, I hope it don't come out. It's the truth. We got embarrassing moments that happen that, that we, I, we, 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 got, we got seasons of our life that took over our life that we made stupid decisions. And we think, man, what, in the world, what was I thinking? I don't know what you was thinking, but I can tell you right now that God never left you in the middle of it because if he had it, you would have died in the desert and never made it out. But God's good anyhow. So he shows up at the house, and you got this family drama going on. You got Simon, who had died. Jesus resurrected. Everybody come to see what was going on. You got Martha, who has never done anything wrong in her life. Well, what do you think about that? My sisters used to tell me all the time, I'm the oldest, but I'm still the baby. Y'all know how that goes? I'm the oldest, but I'm still the baby. My sister, you say all the time, oh, yeah, whatever Roger wants. <laughs> one time I hadn't been saved very long. I don't know, probably three months or so. They was having church one night, and my baby sister just turned 16. So me and Anna, we pulled into the uh, church, and we got out, so we was leaving. And my baby sister had pulled the car up. Uh, behind me, there was a, a driveway, and I was parked here, driveway, and she was parked over here because the church kind of full. And so me and Annie got in the truck, and I put it in reverse and backed up, and bam, hit mama's car right in the door. Wham. And he goes, oh, my God, that's your mama's car. <clears throat> and I got out, and I walked into the church, and I said, Mama? She said, what? And I said, I hit your car. She goes, you hit my car? I said, yeah. Amy parked behind me. She said, Amy, why did you park behind him? I'll turn around and walk out. <laughs> That's a true story. I mean, Amy still hates me to this day over there. <laughs> she still reminds me of my birthday. Remember when? I, was, I don't remember that, but I do. <laughs> so Martha is being the favorite of the whole family all the time, and Jesus wasn't coming to look for favorites. He's coming to look who needs to be forgiven the most. Well, I'm going to do me a shucking buck right in the middle of this place. He's coming. He's coming and he showed up. He didn't show up because the party was for him. He knew it wasn't for him. He didn't show up because they wanted him there, but he didn't care if they wanted them there or not. He come because there was going to be one woman that understood the power of forgiveness and she forgave everybody who ever talked about her. Well, your lifestyle is reckless. You slept with so many guys. They ain't no telling what's going on. No matter how many diseases you got, no matter how many homes you broke up and here you are floosing around can I say floosing around in church too late I already did and you come up in here and you want to bring out something and you want to act like you're so holier than now and you want to do something that none of us has got time to do because we're too busy trying to look at how many people made money in the stock market how many people invested in this how many people built this what kind of Harley you got what kind of house you got we're talking about stuff here, and you want to show up. 
Whew, it's quiet in here. She come through the doors with an alabaster box of rare perfume. See, because a harlot would do that because they would purify themselves or make their self smell good anyway, anyhow they wasn't good. And she had already, the Bible says, when you look into it, it was about a year's wages of perfume that was sealed and never been opened. Now, it was in an alabaster box that she cracked open the seal and broke open. She didn't pour out a little bit, but the Bible says that everybody else said she wasted it on him. An outcast, an untouchable, don't touch her. Don't go near her. Don't associate with her. She can only come into the back door. But we got all of our Christian friends. She's sitting in the back and she's watching. Nobody dares make a move to Jesus. <clears throat> and he's not sitting there going... My wife likes to do that sometimes. She likes to get my attention. This morning was coming in to the, uh, of course, of course, she was just playing, but we was coming in church. She goes, <sighs> and she knows when she goes, <sighs> that I go. <laughs> I said, what's wrong? She goes, I'm hot. And I said, there's the air conditioner. She goes, mm-hmm, <laughs> He wasn't sitting there trying to get people to notice him. He's sitting there because he knows this what about what is about to happen is going to freak them all out because there's going to be an outcast who's going to come through the back doors who's going to bust through the place and they're going to know his worth and know his power and know what he's capable of because the rest of them can just talk a good talk they can download sermons on their phone they can listen to 90.7 they can download the Christian music on their phone but they're real hard about loving people and loving God. They want to look the part. They want to look the place. And the reason why we got the church so messed up today is because most of us are still sitting in the church with a broken heart and a broken mind and we haven't forgave. We act like we do and we tell them we do and we put it on Facebook we do and we like the comments and we like everything going on but in our hearts we are turning people out out and turning people around and when God steps into the place we ought to hit our knees and worship him because he's the lover of our soul the problem with the church is not that we can't have church because we figured church out I've been in this thing for 26 years I figured church out Honey, let me tell you something. We can have some good church. I figured it out. But church that is just good church and the anointing that is not established in it, then they will walk in and walk out and never be changed. So we got to go past just having good church. We got to get into the door 
of I am the church. I don't need to walk into the building to have church. I can have church in my underwear when I get up out of bed. I'll just give God praise and stomp the devil's head while I'm doing it because I can have church. Get that out of your mind in the underwear part. <laughs> I can see my wife thinking, oh, dear God, he did not say that. And she falls down. A woman who has lived a lifestyle. A woman who has been so into the world that demons have come into her life. Not one, but seven. That the only way to be free is to have them cast out. But she's an outcast. So she can't get near the temple because they already know her lifestyle. And they got people sitting in front of the temple watching and make sure that blinds don't come in, make sure that the lame don't come in. Why do you think he had to tear a hole in the roof to get the lame man in? Because they wouldn't let him in the house of God. They sat and watched the outcast in the society and cast him out and said, you are untouchable. We can't touch you. You got leprosy. You got, you, you're blind. You're lame. You're deaf. You're a prostitute. All of these things going, you're a tax collector. You can't, you can't handle this kind of stuff. This is only for good people and so they had a temple full of crazy people and not good people not one time did Jesus walk into a temple and heal anybody he did it on the streets and in the alleys in a leper's house because all the good people didn't want them kind of people in. But he came to touch them. Amen. The Bible said that she come busting through the door. She, she come weeping. Because there was no water for his feet. She wept so hard that her tears soaked his feet. There was not a towel in the house to dry her hair. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says that a woman's hair is her glory and only her husband ought to be the one to see it. So they would put it up and they would, they, they would cover their face. So not only was the outcast becoming an untouchable, now the untouchable was doing the unspeakable. Because not only was she a prostitute in times past, not only did she have seven devils, but God forgave her and cleaned her, and she never forgot it. For the first time, she's able to wake up and not have crank breath or whiskey breath or dope breath or bad things that happened last night or things in her life that she can't get past. For the first time, she woke up, and the peace and the freedom and the glory that run through her veins, she couldn't get enough of Jesus she's watching them she comes running through 
She breaks the alabaster box. She's weeping so hard. Her tears are washing his feet. She takes, she pulls the the thing, the uh, uh, thing off of her head, and she takes her hair that's put up, and she pulls out. I say bobby pin. I probably not a bobby pin, but praise God, I'm just hillbilly anyhow. And so she pulls, pulls the bobby pin out, and and her hair just begins to fall. hadn't been cut in years, and her hair just begins to fall. And as it begins to fall, while she's there, she takes her hair and she wipes the nasty feet of the Messiah, and and then she cleans. Her tears begins to wash, and she takes her hair and she dries his feet she picks his feet up puts it in her lap and takes her hair and takes her time and dries his feet and the rest of them are sitting around thinking my goodness what has happened in here today there's the strangest thing we've never allowed anything like this and Simon said if he's really a prophet then he'll know what kind of woman it is and Jesus said Simon I got something to say to you and he smirked because you know he didn't say it out loud and, and nobody knows they think he's a good Pharisee and a good Sanhedrin he got raised from the dead he must be God's favorite and he's sitting there still with leprosy hadn't been removed and he's got the audacity to think in his heart this harlot ain't got no place up in here and if he knew what it was touching him he would not allow that Every time we've seen people in our past, we've read a Facebook post on Friday. They showed up on Sunday. They're hitting their knees, raising their hands. We're thinking, pff, pff. Preacher didn't read what I read Friday. They posted pictures of things that shouldn't be posted. Pfft. Look at them. They're acting like they're good Christians. Preacher's over. He's, he, he's got the whole team praying for him. Boy, they fooled him. And the thing about it is, is that they move the heart of God. And we come to church In our brute 33. Whoo, that good stuff. Our Estee Lauder. And we can't even move him. She moved. Jesus. The outcast. The untouchable. <coughs> Simon, there's a man that two men. One owed 50 million and one owed 2 million. Neither one of them could pay. So the debtor forgave them both. Simon, can you tell me which one who felt like they was forgiven the most? Simon said, well, the one who owed the most. He said, exactly. In other words, Jesus was saying in Kansas language, shut up, homie. Let me do me. You want me 
You worship me. But don't you come in here and act like I owe you anything because you walked through the doors. Uh-oh, that's just plain Kansas language. Ooh, where's the King James Version now that? Well, thou step. No. <clears throat> and so his whole ministry, and now there's a family about to come to a bond together. He rebuked Judas, and he was one of his disciples. He rebuked Simon, and the Bible says that the one that you love it the most, that's the shortest scripture in the Bible, Jesus wept because he did love Simon. And then you got Martha, who has never even had a speeding ticket. <laughs> and he has rebuked them all. But now you got an outcast untouchable who walks to the door and, and, and breaks Pharisee protocol. For one, woman shouldn't be in a man's meeting. Martha was in the kitchen in her place. This woman busts through the door and she's invading a meeting of men. She's breaking protocol. And not only that, but she's acting like she's some good person. She's, she's washing his feet, throwing her hair down. Protocol has been broke, and everything's been messed up. And Jesus is sitting there telling them, get your hands off of her. So our lives... Begin to move. I still remember the places I was in. There are certain songs that come on the radio that I literally turn off. I do. Because just remembering those songs, I remember where I was when a certain song was playing, when I was doing things that I shouldn't be doing. And I turn them off. Because there's something that just... Reminds me. Now, I still remember some of those places. And there's been times when I got up on my high horse. There's been times when God's knocked me down. But I understand what it means to come through the back doors unworthy, unloved, untouched. An outcast. I know. And I also know what it feels like when God touched me in 1995. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. At that moment, I knew that every crank I snorted in my nose, every cocaine I snorted up in my nose, every, every, every whiskey drunk I was on, every time I ripped somebody off for dope, every time we broke into somebody's house to steal dope, every time we did those illegal things, every time all of those things, all the times I spit in jail, I still remember those. But I remember that that night when I stood in front of Jesus and he forgave me, that night every guilt left me. Pass around the come piano, please. But here's what we can't figure out. Is how in the world can somebody come to the doors who's done what they've done to me for years and they go to the altars and the preacher prays for them 
By now, they're just one of us. Because the one who forgives little. I'm going to look at all of you. Who are you preaching to, preacher? All of you. The one who forgives little loves little. Quit worrying about what you've seen on Facebook. Well, they've been going to church for two years. You think they ought to be doing that? Shut up. Worry about you. You jacked up and messed up and crazy. And evidently, man, I'm a, I must be hitting a nerve. We've forgiven little and it shows. Because we're the first ones to speak ill instead of love. An outcast, an untouchable, breaks protocol and moves the heart of God. And the rest of the Pharisees didn't get what Jesus could have done for them. Simon was raised from the dead. My Bible tells me he never got healed of leprosy. Sitting in front of the Messiah. You know what I would have said? <laughs> Seriously, you know what I would have said? Hey, yo, man, you raised from the dead? Go ahead, finish this thing. Get this stuff off me. You got the power to raise me up after I'm dead? Go ahead and finish this, man, and just speak the word. You stood outside of the grave and spoke to me and I rose up. Just tell me to be healed. But he had too much religion on his heart and on his mind. He couldn't see who was sitting next to him. We have too much church the old timers used to call it church I'm going to go to church praise God Woo! we have some good church tonight and a good church didn't do anything but make you feel good but there was nothing in it to fight anything off and you went back and probably got worse The whole men, every one of them had a chance. They refused and denied because religion had sold them out. And there's an outcast, an untouchable, and Jesus tells her see she's had devils cast out of her but she's never been forgiven 
Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. He looks at her, says, your sins are forgiven. Every head bowed all over this place. Nobody looking around. 